Good morning, church. Uh, yeah, the pressure is already on from Solani. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> okay, so Monday motivation, a lot of things have been happening there. Good things, lovely things. So if someone asks me, okay, so what motivates you to be part of Monday motivation? Why do you go there every Monday? So the answer is very simple. I'm acting in obedience to his word. If you go to Matthew 28, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's the number one motivation there. You can also go to Acts 20, verse 23 to 24. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Another motivation. Okay, but the main motivation I'm going to be sharing is in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 33. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of men, speak to your countrymen and say to them, when I bring the sword against the land and the people of the land choose one of their men and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming against the land and blows the trumpet to warn the people. Then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not take warning, the sword comes and takes his life. His blood will be on his own head. Since, the head, since he heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take warning, his blood will be on his own head. If he had taken warning, he would have saved himself. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, and he does not blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes the life of one of them. That man will be taken away, uh, will be taken because of his sin, but I will hold the watchman accountable for his blood. So there we go. We have been made watchmen. So... God calls us to come to him. We come to him. We enjoy that part because it's fine. We come to God. He loves us. He blesses us. He gives us all these good things. He reveals all the secrets. He gives us the Holy Spirit. So we come to him. He raises up with, he raises up with love. He raises up with joy. We are raising up with the Spirit. We are raising up. We are raising up. We are raising up. So we are up there. We are holy, we are godly. Why are we up there? We are up there to be the watchmen. So when we are up there, when he called us to come, he calls us to be the watchman, to do his job. So he's calling us to come, he's calling us to go, which is the theme that has been happening in Sarepta. He's calling us to go up there to be the watchman. But I think most of the Christians now... When we are up there, when we are seeing the sights, we get lost. We start sightseeing. We forget why we are up there. We forget why we are loved. We forget why we have this peace. We forget why he gave us his spirit to be the watchman. We are up there because he wants us to be the watchman. 
we already know the, so- the arrows have already been unleashed. The sword is coming. That's a fact. And we've been told to be the watchmen. Are we sightseeing? Are we enjoying the love of God so much that we've become short-sighted, that we've forgotten the, the task that is at hand? Maybe some of us are sightseeing. They're enjoying the view. They've forgotten that the arrows are coming. Maybe the arrow is going to hit you as well. Or you're going to duck and it's going to hit someone. But behold, you're going to be held accountable for it. There's a good example. Let's say there's a patient or someone who's sick. They have a headache. And they go to Zolani, and Zolani is a doctor. <laughs> and he says to Zolani, Zolani, I have a terrible headache. I know that you're a doctor. Then Zolani says, okay, it's fine, I'm a doctor, but I'm sorry. I'm a doctor, I've stopped practicing. That's what most of the Christians are doing. We say we are Christians, but in the instance, we are Christians, we've stopped practicing. So... We are called to be Christians who are active. Like Zolani, the motivation. They are active, they are spreading the word. That's what we are called to do. That's us accelerating his coming. Because I know we are singing, come Lord Jesus, come. He's doing his work up there. He's preparing the place with his father. He's not just chilling, having coffee up there with his father. There's work he's doing. And he also called us to do work here. So we take a part in accelerating his coming back. He doesn't just say, okay, just chill, I'll be back, everything will be sorted when I'm back. No, there's a part we need to play. And Solani and the Monday Motivation, that's the part that we, are, that we are playing. Okay, so if you're a practicing Christian, if you're not sightseeing, if you're a watchman who's doing it, the job that he's supposed to be do, doing, then I'm sure your life will be rich. You won't be a Christian who says, but esh, the Bible is too hard to read. You won't be a Christian who said, but esh, I don't have any power to, to pray because there's motivation. You are reading the Bible because you have to share the good news. You are praying because there are lots of people who need prayer. There are lots of people who need to repent. So you are always sharp. We are a doctor who's practicing. If you're a doctor who's practicing, you're always sharp. Everything, if you're called to do a surgery, your equipment is sharp. You are not rusted. So we are not rusty Christians because we are practicing. There's something that we are doing. Okay. And when it comes to a Christian who's practicing, there's so much fulfillment in a Christian who's practicing. Uh, If you go to... Uh, to John 4. Uh, Okay, let's go to John 4. But I'm not going to read all of it. We know Jesus was having an exchange with a Samaritan woman. Most of us know that story. But I want to concentrate on verse 34. That's when the disciples came and they offered Jesus something to eat because... They thought he was angry. Then he said to this, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Do not say for months, do you not say for months more, and then the harvest. 
I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now the harvest, even now he harvests the crop for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. That's the saying, one sows and the other reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So, look at the fulfillment that Jesus got from having that exchange with with the Samaritan woman. He even equipped it to food. He's saying it's the best lamprose that you can have when you talk to a non-believer and he repents. He's saying it's more fulfilling than any other food that you could eat. This is what I feast on. Can't you see the bigger picture? Yes, food is good for the body, but there's something more that is going on. There's much more fulfillment that happens when you preach the word and someone repents. Then we go to Matthew 5. We're doing a marathon. Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the salt of the earth. So there are two, two, main, like two main qualities of salt. The first one, salt has to be concentrated. It has to be salty, obviously. It has to have that, you know, that, um, that level of saltiness for it to work. So there are Christians who, who've got, who are salty. If you go and lick them, they are very salty Christians. Like, ah, this is a salty Christian. Uh, uh, uh. Because the word is concentrated in them. They've got it. They have this relationship going on with God. But let's say, uh, I don't know if this example will work. Should have brought a salt shaker. Let's say this is a salt with good salt. Pure salt. Very good salt. But if it remains in the salt shaker, what happens? All of us are gathered in here. We are getting salty. We are exchanging each other the good word. We are building that relationship. We are all getting salty. But what happens when you get salty? For salt to work, it has to be in contact with something. You have to point to that meat for it to work. Christians, are we just gathering the salt for ourselves? (laughs) Are we going and shaking the salt? Let's be salt. Let's go and be in contact with the people that need our influence. Let's go there and shake it. Shake what God gave us. He gave us his love. He gave us his spirit. He gave us everything. I don't think shaking is the... I think it's the easy part. Because everything else has already been done for us. Ours is just to share. To share what already been done for us. The other important thing about salt... Okay, we said it has to be concentrated, obviously. But some of us Christians, you know, we are the opposite. We've got people we are in contact with, okay? We've got avenues that lead us to lots of people, like Zolani, 
what he's doing is leading him so many young people. But the problem is we lack concentration. We are weak salt. Wherever we go to contact the people who are called to contact, nothing happens because there's no concentration in us. We lack the power of God in us. We do want, you know, to spread the word of God. But we lack that element of concentration. We are weak salt. When we go there, we spread the salt. The salt gets diluted with what's going on in the world. The salt just gets trampled on because it lacks that concentration. So also the other part is when we take time in his word, we take time to build that relationship. So it's a two-way thing. You build that concentration and you also have to be in contact with the people out there. So who matters most to God? Who matters most to God? Let's go to 2 Peter 3 verse 9. Okay, so for verse 9 it says, The Lord is not slow in, in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. So who matters to God? And the answer is everyone. God wants everyone to come to, re- to repentance. But I think as Christians, sometimes there are people who we disqualify. I don't know on what basis, but there are people who have already disqualified of the price. We have said, okay, this person doesn't matter. He's no longer worthy. God has no use for, it, for that person anymore. But Jesus showed it until to the very end when he was on the cross Maybe there's someone you've already crucified. Maybe some Zimbabweans have crucified the President Mugabe and said he's no longer worthy. God has no, has no use for him. They've crucified him there. Maybe there's someone you've said as a Christian, but I wash my hands. I no longer have nothing to do with that person. But what is the Bible saying? It's saying he wants everyone to come to repentance. Some Christians even go the extra mile to say, oh, I don't owe him anything. Do I owe him anything? No. But the Bible says, do not owe anyone anything except love. Which means you owe that person everything. Everyone you see, you owe them everything. Every face that you see in in here, you owe them everything because love is everything. Because those people that you're going to disqualify, those people you're going to crucify, remember on the cross, the two thieves, there was someone there in in between them. And that person is Jesus. Jesus is never going to give up on anyone. Even those people you have disqualified, they still can whisper to God. They still can whisper to Jesus. And you're going to see them in heaven. So this was just a short encouragement to what's happening in Monday Motivation, a short encouragement to the church to be salty again, 
And when we get salty, let's get in contact to the people who need our influence. Let's be reminded that we are are watchmen. We are not here for the sightseeing. We shall be held accountable because there's something bigger that is happening. So let's be encouraged as we go back to our homes. Let's be encouraged that uh, there is more fulfillment when someone repents. It fulfills more than the lamp roast that we're going to have after this. So, dear beloveds, let's be encouraged. I'm encouraged by what Solan is doing. I'm encouraged by what, what Monday Motivation is doing. And I'm encouraged that I kept the time. <laughs> <laughs> so...